start here this morning. Um, I'm going to be perfectly honest with everybody here. Um, this was not my original sermon for this morning. Okay, um, which you'll understand why here in just a second. But I had to, I had to change it. Um, because uh, so just bear with me, okay? You see, thrones of old. And those who would sit upon them were known to be protectors of their land and their people. Right? You look at all the stories, like King David, he was a man after God's own heart, and God then allowed him to help him, help, help him protect his land and his people. You look at like King Ahab, who allowed fear to enter his life. He married Jezebel, which we talked about the Jezebel spirit a couple weeks ago. When fear crept in, the, the city was in ruin. Jerusalem was in ruin. But kings and, and thrones of old were known to be protectors of their people. Even if you look at the monarchs that are still here today, still around the world today, they are known for protecting the hearts of their people and the welfare of their people. They are advocates for their people. And we have a king who sits on a throne that is an advocate and a protector of his people. Now, our friend Matthew tells a story of really a king, King Herod, who, who was fearful of losing his throne because he heard that this newborn baby was going to be born. And so he sends these three priests to, 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 to evaluate the situation. And some, some of you, they're spiritual priests, and they're often known in the Christmas story as wise men, all right? And now we don't know how many there were, so don't say, well, the three wise men, it could have been like a hundred. We don't know, all right? All we know is that King Herod sent these men. This is how Matthew starts this story. In Matthew 2, verse 1, he starts off and it says, like you want to, verse 1, it says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem near Jerusalem during the reign of King Herod. After Jesus' birth, a group of spiritual priests or wise men from the east came to Jerusalem and inquired of the people, where is the child who was born king of the Jewish people? We observed his star rising in the sky, and we've come to bow before him in worship. And verse 3 says, King Herod was shaken to the core when he heard this. King Herod, fear had crept into King Herod. And not only him, but all of Jerusalem was disturbed when they heard this news. So he called a meeting of the Jewish ruling priests and the religious scholars demanding that they tell him where the promised Messiah was prophesied to be born. Verse 5 says, he will be born in Bethlehem in the, land, in the land of Judea, they told him, because the prophecy states, and I want you to listen to this prophecy from Micah, and you little Bethlehem are now insignificant among the clans of Judah, for out of you... Uh, you are not insignificant among the clans of Judah, for out of you will emerge the shepherd king of my people, Israel. See, it's interesting the word that the prophet Micah quoted here, that Matthew quoted from the prophet Micah. The king that is to be born would be a shepherd king. A shepherd king. I don't know if you know much about shepherding, Especially in that day, it was more than just watching a bunch of sheep. The shepherd would protect the very sheep. You know, you have the story of Jesus who he said that he would leave the 99 to go find the one, to protect the one that got away. 
But they would use this word. He, they, you, like Micah used this word that Matthew quoted as shepherd king. One that not only leads and restores, but as the psalmist, as the psalmist in Psalms 23 wrote, but it, he also is a king, a shepherd king that would protect his flock. See, there's this, I'm going to read a couple. Can I read a couple of Psalms to you real quick about our shepherd? Psalms 1830 says, what a God you are. Your path for me has been perfect. All your promises have proven true. What a secure shelter for all those who turn and hide themselves in you. You are the wraparound, or you're the shield, God. You're the wraparound God giving grace to me. Right now, the shepherd king wraps protection around you. We have a king who sits on a throne that wants to protect his people. Psalms 28, 7 says, You are my strength and my shield from every danger. When I fully trust in you, help is on the way. I jump for joy and burst forth with ecstatic, passionate praise. I will sing songs of what you mean to me. Psalms 18.1 says, Lord, I passionately love you and I'm bound to you for now you've become my power. You are as real to me as the bedrock beneath my feet, like a castle on a cliff, my forever firm fortress, my mountain of hiding, my pathway of escape, my tower of rescue where, where none can reach me, my secret strength and shield around me. You are salvation's ray of brightness shining on the hillside, always the champion of my cause. Psalms 18.3, all I need to do is to call to you, call to you, singing, singing to you the praiseworthy God. When I do, I am safe and sound in you. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. The one who sits on the throne is our protector. There is shelter under his wings. And I don't care what you're facing in this life or what struggles you have in this life, our king, the one that we're celebrating being born, because it's more than, like, it's more than celebrating the birth of Jesus. You know that, right? Like the reason we celebrate Christmas is because we look back at if, he was, if his promise to come the first time to save us is true, then we can, we can advent or we can look to the time when he will come again to take his bride home. But until then, you are protected. The one who sits on the throne is our protector. Do you find refuge in his wings? Are you listening to his voice or are you, relying, are you relying on him? Or are you listening to the voice of the spirit of fear? See, the Bible tells us that fear is a spirit. And this spirit has a mind that thinks and a voice that speaks. And what does he say to you? He calls out every, every insecurity that you have and makes you believe in every insecurity that you have instead of believing who God says that you are. Because if he, he knows if he can get you to trust the, spirit of fear, the voice of fear... You'll never reach a God-given purpose and potential. The Spirit has, has a mind to think and a voice to speak, and if you allow it to, it will control every action that you have. It will control everything about you, on how you walk, how you interact with people, how you live your life. For this fear is this unclean spirit. It's a spirit that comes directly from hell, from Satan with orders, with assignments to hold you back. 
hold you back, limit and, and control God's people, to keep them from coming to, coming to know the light of Christ and to understand who God is and his nature. And his nature for you is freedom. He wants way more for you than you could ever think, dream, or imagine. Now, this all makes sense in a minute. See, this spirit of fear is filled with lies and deception, and it just wants to control and dominate everyone's life, someone's life and someone's mind. It wants to keep them from entering into God's promise, and it's this spirit of fear that robs us of the joy and the peace of the shepherd king. Because if we can get out from underneath, if he can get us out from underneath the voice of our shepherd king, he can control any aspect of our lives. Our friend John tells us a story about a conversation Jesus is having with religious leaders. In John, in John 10, 1, it says that Jesus said to the Pharisees, because the Pharisees are being ridiculous, he said, listen to this eternal truth. The person who sneaks over the wall to enter into the sheep pen rather than coming through the gate reveals himself as, as a thief coming to steal. But the true shepherd walks right up to the gate. Not only is he, this will make sense here in a minute, but not only is he the shepherd, but he's the gate. Everything that gets to us has to come through him. It's like Satan can't get inside the sheep bin, but he can send the spirit of fear over the wall. But the true shepherd walks right up to the gate. And because the gatekeeper knows who he is, he opens the gate to let him in. And the shepherd and, and the sheep recognize the voice of the true shepherd. Are you recognizing his voice? And when he has brought and when he has brought out all his sheep, he walks ahead of them. I'm sorry. For he calls his own by name and leads them out, for they belong to him. And when he has brought out all the, all his sheep, he walks ahead of them, and they will follow him, for they are familiar with his voice. And it's oftentimes it's the very voices that we're familiar with that the enemy uses to distract us. Like what does Satan's voice sound like in your head? Your voice. What does God's voice sound like in your head? You guess it, your voice. Or maybe it's your mom's voice or your dad's voice or your friend's voice. He'll use whatever's familiar to you to try to distract you and lead you into, lead you into fear. And when he has brought out all his sheep, he walks ahead of them and they will follow him. But they will, it's fine, uh, follow him. But they will, they will run away from strangers and never follow them because they know it's the voice of a stranger. There's a story in Australia of some sheep that were stolen. And they actually took it to court. It's a ridiculous story if you read it. But the judge had this great idea. Let's bring the, put the sheep outside the door of the, of, of, the, of the courthouse, of the courtroom. Let's have the person who stole them call for them and have the person who claimed that they're yours call for them. And guess what happened? When the guy called who, who stole them, the sheep didn't come. But as soon as their master's voice called, they came running in. What voice are you putting over your life? But they will run away from strangers and never follow them because they know it's the voice of the stranger. Jesus told the Pharisees this parable, even though they didn't understand a word of what he meant. So Jesus went over it again, over it again. Okay. Make sure I'm not skipping ahead. No, you're good. We're good. So Jesus went over it again. Speak, I speak to you eternal truth. I am the gate for the flock. All those who broke in broke in before me are thieves who came to steal but the sheep never listen to them i am the gateway to enter through me is to experience life 
freedom and satisfaction. You want to be satisfied in your life, quit putting it in everything else. Only put it in Jesus. Yesterday we went to Family uh, Fantasy of Trees, and I love this. Even though I'm going to be honest, I was miserable because I hate going to those kind of things. But I loved, I loved the sign that was over Santa. It had a sign that says, Santa, sponsored by only Jesus. Like, I love that. I love it. I am the way to enter through me is to experience a life of freedom, life, freedom, and satisfaction. You're not going to find it in anything else. A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. I am the good shepherd who lays down his life as a sacrifice for his sheep, and he is the only king that I know to lay down his own life while other kings of old would send other men in for freedom, but he laid his life down. He laid his life down. The shepherd king gives us a life of abundance and peace. The shepherd king protects. He is the gate that holds the enemy out. But if we listen to the spirit of fear, it still kills and destroys. The spirit of fear, it still kills and destroys. Maybe the reason your life is so rocky right now is because you're listening to the spirit of fear in your, right now. See, the enemy knows if he can get you to listen to the voice that sneaks over the wall, he can keep you from a life of freedom. Fear will kill your peace, your passion, and your purpose. And I'm going to be honest, Thursday night I lost some peace. I'll tell you why here in a minute. You are at war right now. And determining the outcome of this war will determine on what voice you listen to. You see, the enemy wants to stop your progression. He wants to stop your next step. Matthew goes on to say, in Matthew 2, 7, he says, And Herod secretly summoned the spirit priests spiritual priests from the east to a certain exact time the star, the star first appeared. And he told them, now go to Bethlehem and carefully look there for, for the child. And when you, are, when you have found him, report to me so that, so that I can go and bow down and worship him too. And we're going to find out in a minute that's not what he wanted to do at all. And so they left and on their way, way to Bethlehem, suddenly the same star they had seen in the east reappeared. Amazed, they watched as it went ahead of them and stopped directly over the place where the child, where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were so ecstatic that they shouted and celebrated with unrestrained joy. Can you imagine walking up on the Messiah like that? When they came into the house and saw the young child with Mary, his mother, they were overcome. Falling to the ground at his feet, they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure boxes full of, full of gifts and presented him with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And after that, after they, afterward, they returned to their own, own country by another route because God had warned them in a dream not to go back to Herod. And here's why. Verse 13 says, And after they had gone, Joseph, Joseph had another dream. An angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Get up now and flee Egypt. Take Mary and the little child and stay there until I tell you, tell you to leave. For Herod intends to search for the child to kill him. The enemy wants to kill everything that God has done in you. 
He wants to destroy. The enemy wants to stop you in any way he can. He wants to distract you with fear. He wants to he wants you to feel vulnerable and unprotected. So that you can begin to believe the, the fear, spirit of fear that's in your life. I don't know if you can see what this is. Anybody know what this is? The bullet. Thursday night we arrive home. We arrive home after eating Thanksgiving meal with, with my family. And luckily, like all week, I was like, why are we doing lunch, like doing Thanksgiving at four o'clock in the afternoon? Why are we doing it at lunchtime like we normally do? Thank God we didn't. So when we pull into our road, what we see is a line of cop cars blocking our street. So we had to go around the other way to get to our driveway and pull in our driveway and our neighbors are standing outside and I don't care to tell y'all, our neighbors are drug dealers. We've called in on several times and whatever. Well that night they had a drive-by only that I guess the people who were doing the drive-by shooting didn't know which house was actually theirs. And 12 bullets went through my house. Two bullets went into Lyric's room. And if she would have been sitting in the chair she normally does, or sitting in the bed where she normally lays, around that time of night when it happened, Lyric would have died. Where the bullet came into our room, in mine and Brittany's room, if we were doing what we normally do at that time of the night, and it's not what you think, Ronnie. Me and Brittany would have been shot. Bullets went into the baby's rooms. Twelve bullets went to my house. And I'm going to let y'all know something. Like Thursday night, I was scared. I was scared. I was like, I was right along there with Brittany going. She was sailor move. <laughs> but then I got to thinking. Why in the world am I going to let the enemy do that to me? Why am I going to let the, the spirit of fear take over my life? But I look back over my life and I see how many times the spirit of fear and how Satan has tried to stop what God was doing in my life. Now, I'm, I'm, I just want to be clear. I'm not one of those guys that believes Satan's under every rock and there's a demon under every rock. Like I'm, that's, but I really believe that Satan will take things like this and use them. Thursday night, I was just like, I felt so vulnerable felt so insecure. I felt like I mean I was think like looking back I'm thankful we weren't at home during that time, but there was still part of me that felt a little unprotected. And fear crept in. And I got to thinking. But the fear that I that I went through when he when Satan tried to stop me with the shame and stuff of being raped when I was twelve and suffering in my mind with that for twenty years. And then on, and then I got to thinking well, what about that time when I was seven years old and was hit by a car and I probably should have died? That's why I look so good because I had to have plastic surgery on the skin. They had to peel my face off, put plates in my, on my skull to repair my spectrum. So Friday morning, I just said, Dayton, you should have took me out when you had the chance. 
because I belong to the king that still is seated on his throne. Here's what I know to be true. Like, what it did make me realize, especially Thursday night, is my life could be over in an instant. And will it count for something? So until I get taken home, you guys better be ready. I'm more fired up than I've ever been in my life. Because here's what I know. Here's what I know. Psalms 91 says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Whatever happens in my life, whether I die tomorrow or a hundred years from now, I'm going to make it count. Are you going to make your life count? <laughs> Psalms 56.3, But in the day that I am afraid, I lay all my fears before you and trust in you with all my heart. Satan, you should have killed me when you had a chance because fear is a liar and I'm not listening to him anymore. I will stand in my front yard and proclaim to every car that drives by, not knowing who 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 the one people, especially if it's a white Durango, y'all. So y'all what? I will stop in the middle of the road and let you know, you know what, I forgive you. But do you know Jesus? I mean, it was scary Thursday night. To even have my neighbors come out and tell us, you better keep your mouth shut. Huh. I had 12 bullets come through my house. 12 holes in my house. But my kids could have been, you think I'm going to shut up? No. But do you know Jesus? Fear is a liar. We can't live. If we're going to have an impact in this world, we can't. We can't. Without fear to win. That's exactly who is trying to get over the wall. Just like thrones of old, the only way the walls were their protection. And if the enemy could get over can get over the wall, they've captured the city. Right? Let's keep pushing that enemy back over the other side of the wall. And let's live a life of zeal in a way that, I mean, it changes South Oxford. So I don't even know if the people who did this or if my neighbors are going to hear this or whatever, but I want you to know that Jesus loves you. And he forgives you and I forgive you. I'm not going to let you let you put fear in my life because I know the one who is actually controlling me. So I will carry this bullet in my pocket every day to remind me how good my God is in protecting me. So, we're going to shake the dust off here. We're not going to do the song again. I don't know if I'll be able to sing it or not. But here's, here's the truth. Here's the truth. I'm restless. And I'm ready to impact. Because I'm, I've got to be honest, I feel like we've kind of been lackluster lately. I mean, last week was awesome. You know what I'm saying? I think, I think the last couple weeks have been like a ramp into something to prepare us for something right and all I'm going to say either you better get on board or because we're, we're, we're going places only because of God 
with him. So God, I want to thank you so much that you are a God who protects his people. That even when the enemy's flying around or when bullets are flying around, you are a God who protects their shelter under your wings. And no matter how dangerous life gets, because it's only going to get worse, that we take refuge in your wings. And God, thank you for saving my family this week. But God, I pray that the same fire that I feel inside gets poured into Brittany and Zane and Lyric and Jackson and Hayden. And that we can live lives of not fearing what happened, but that it be a motivation that there's some things in our community that need to be changed, and we have the message that can change it. I pray for Lyric to be bold. I pray for Zane to be bold. I pray for them to be caring. I pray for Brittany's heart. She's always had a caring heart. God, but I pray that you, you break the fear that's in her. God, I pray that, I pray for Jackson Hayden, even though they have no clue what's going on, that as they grow, they grow like lions, and being courageous, and they devour every attack of the enemy. I pray for the people here, because life's going to get hard, whether it's this bad or just a little bit, I don't know, life's going to get hard, and you're gonna, their fear is going to be, fear is going to come in, and I pray that we punt fear back over that wall that every person that we encounter in our day-to-day life will see that you are a king on a throne that protects his people. You are our shepherd king. You lead, you restore, you guide, and you protect. And I pray all this in your name. Amen. Hey, I love you guys. Come back next week. We're going to look at